All right, welcome to Making the Argument. Before we get started, I have a very important announcement. We have a brand new deal with GoodRanchers.com. That's right. If you go into GoodRanchers and you use promo code Nick and you sign up for one of their subscriptions, you're not only going to get $15 off, but do you remember the old deal where you got two pounds of ground beef with each order? Well, we just upped the game. That's right. You can choose top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon now. Every single order you get on that subscription is going to come with free. Top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon. You get to choose which one if you use promo code Nick. And again, $15 off on top of that. That's a savings of $480 in meat by signing up for one of those subscriptions. Not to mention the fact that if you are looking for a gift for someone that is impossible to shop for, you can go on to GoodRanchers.com and get one of their brand new gift boxes. Now, this is a limited time only offer. It's part of their overall Black Friday special. So go on to GoodRanchers.com to get more details. Sign up for promo code Nick and to get that deal and let's get on with the show. Hi, this is Nick Freitas and welcome back to Making the Argument. We've got an interesting show for you today because uh, according to Politico, I'm going to read off the uh, title for you. It says Politico top general fires back at offensive criticism of the military being woke. And what this was, it was during a committee hearing and Congressman Matt Gates from Florida and Congressman uh, uh, Waltz, who's a, a former Green Beret from Florida as well, also, they, they talked about um, some of the issues with respect to what's going on in the military, critical race theory, things of that nature. And um, the general, General Milley, who's the chief of the Joint Chiefs, essentially fired back at him. So what I want to do is I want to actually play for you some of the, the testimony that was taking place, the questions that were being asked. And I want to let you decide whether or not the Politico headline or the general's remarks were appropriate given the questions that he was asked. And we're going to go ahead and analyze that because I think this is important. Because one of the things the general says, the general makes some interesting points. Um, but I think he leaves out a lot of important context with respect to the offense he takes at this. And so we're going we're to break this down and we're going to give you the arguments to make when you, when you hear something like this, especially someone coming as a respected general, chief of the Joint Chiefs, former Green Beret, combat veteran, right? Like nobody's trashing the guy. In fact, I served in two different units with this guy, once in Special Forces and then also uh, 325th Infantry, uh, Airborne Infantry Regiment out of the 82nd. Uh, so it's, it's not disrespect to the general, but it, it, there's a huge problem with the way that he broke this down. So let's go ahead and look at some of the questions uh, that took place. I'm going to start with uh, Congressman Gates' questions, which he got a response from uh, the Secretary of Defense, former General Austin. So let's, let's look at that first. But I, I've, I, I've asked the question to Secretary Austin. I don't, I don't know what the, what the issue of critical race theory is and what the relevance here uh, in, with the department we do not teach critical race theory. We don't, we don't embrace uh, critical race theory. And I think, I think that's a spurious uh, uh, conversation. And so we are focused on extremist behaviors. Okay, <clears throat> so first, so you, you heard Secretary of Defense um, Austin say that they don't teach or embrace critical race theory. All right, and then he talks about, the, the, you know, they're, they're interested in, in radical behaviors, extremist behaviors. And that's all fine. Now, there's already been, you can go out there, you can Google search it. You'll find that some of what they consider to be extremist behaviors are somewhat interesting. Um, some of them are spot on. Others are a little bit questionable. Um, but it's this whole idea that they're not 
teaching critical race theory. Okay, that was the comment he was made. Now, I want to go to, I want to go to uh, Congressman Waltz remarks on this because I think he brings up something very important here. So let's listen to Congressman Waltz. Says with regards to critical race theory, there is one course that has this theory as part of the syllabus. Uh, there are two lessons on critical race theory. Uh, there is a book on critical race theory titled Critical Race Theory and Introduction. Uh, uh, on and on and on about the teaching of critical race theory in West Point. Uh, I, I just want to emphasize something. This isn't something that we're raising. This, is, this came to me from cadets, from families, from soldiers, with their alarm and their concern at how divisive this type of teaching is. I want to point something out here because this is important. Because right off the bat it was advertised as, okay, Republicans are now adding something into a conversation, into a committee hearing that the committee hearing is not supposed to be addressing, that they're just bringing it up. You know, and, and the insinuation is for political purposes. You know, you heard General Austin say, I don't know why this is relevant to this conversation. Um, and saying that they don't teach it. Well, I mean, here's Congressman Waltz showing about, like, no, we, we've actually gotten comments and concerns from people in the military, families, um, military officers, which, which Congressman Gates talked about, all bringing this up as a potential issue and demonstrating that, no, it, it is actually being taught, okay, and that the concern is coming from people in the military that have contacted them as their congressmen. So, again, they're doing their job. They're bringing up an issue before the Secretary of Defense, before the Chief of the Joint Chiefs. All right, let's see what else he has to say. Teaching is that is rooted in Marxism that uh, classifies people along class lines, an entire race of people as oppressor and oppressed. Uh, uh, I, I cannot think of anything more divisive and more uh, destructive to unit morale. I, I want to be very clear. The military needs to be open to all Americans. Absolutely. That is the strength of the United States military. But once we're in, we bleed green and our skin color is camouflage. We're worried about that American flag on our shoulder. That's the only thing our enemies are worried about. I think we can agree there. But the other thing that they raised to me was a seminar that over 100 cadets attended titled Understanding Whiteness and White Rage, taught by a woman who described the Republican Party platform as a platform of white supremacy. Now, think about that for a second, all right? Think about that. <clears throat> We're not just talking about a, a course, because again, if this is just a question of whether or not critical race theory should be studied, I don't necessarily have a problem with that when we're talking about a university level course. And you know, again, I'm, I'm not advocating that we, we take all of that out. I, I think it's, it's fine to study various theories to include theories that you disagree with or that you think you might disagree with, all right? That's all, that's all fine, there's nothing wrong with that um, at its core. But what Congressman Waltz is bringing up right now is that this is not simply a question of, of studying critical race theory at West Point. Um, this is a question of, again, hosting a seminar by a speaker that referred to the Republican Party platform as being inherently white supremacist. And she gave a talk on whiteness and white rage. Right? That, that's what she did. Now, here, here would be a good follow-on question. Is there going to be another seminar talking about the problems with her particular theory or her take on things or her misrepresentation of the Republican Party platform. Is there going to be a different speaker coming on, holding a different seminar? Is West Point going to host that? Is that forthcoming? I'm, I'm not sure that it is. All right, but let, let's go on. Let's go on to the general's comments because this is what has gotten so much attention. In fact, if you look this up online right now, 
in a lot of places, all you're going to see is the general's response. You don't actually see what Congressman Gates asked. You don't actually see what Congressman Waltz asked. There, there are some that did a good job. They make that all of that available. Okay, but it, and again, I, I had to search like the three different videos to find one where I could actually find what Gates and Waltz asked before I saw the general's response. So I could know what it was exactly that he was responding to. What is he offended about? All right, so now we're gonna watch that. First of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So he says, I want to understand white rage and I'm white, right? It's a university. Of course, we should be open-minded and well-read. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with anything he said so far until you start putting it into context. So let's keep listening. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? Okay, so this is interesting. This is interesting. He's, he basically said, I want to understand white rage. And then he says, I want to understand why people charged this building, referring to the Capitol building on January 6th. Now, look, I've come right out and say, I think anybody that, that charged the Capitol building was destroying property, was trespassing, that's illegal. They need to be prosecuted. There's, there's no excuse for that. But here's what I don't understand. It's this connection to white rage, right? And, and, and this insinuation about white supremacy that essentially that's what caused January 6th. Now, here's what I find interesting. If you were going to, if you're going to use that as your analysis, if you're going to use that as your starting point in order to properly understand January 6th, here's what I want to know from, from the general. If there was a seminar um, where somebody came and tried to explain all of the violence, all of the writing that we saw in cities, billions of dollars worth of damage, a lot of it to minority-owned small businesses, and they describe that as black rage, would that be appropriate? I don't think it would be. I think it would be horribly racist to suggest that the nature of what was going on with the riots, right? And I don't agree with rioting. But if you were to suggest that, well, because violence took place and because damage took place, we're, we're going to go now, we're going to assess that as uh, black rage. I think that would be racist. I, I think most liberals would say, no, no, that's totally inappropriate to associate that, whether you agree with the rioting or not, to simply associate that with a skin color would be racist. Okay, but he's the one that just made a connection between learning about white rage and January 6th, right? With, with, the, with the implication being that there was some sort of white supremacy motivation with respect to those riots. Now, look, we can investigate it, and if there was, fine. Because I think that's horrible. I think white supremacy is, I, I think any sort of racism is inherently immoral uh, on the most basic fundamental level. If you believe, as I do, that every human being is beautifully and wonderfully created, that they have inherent moral value just by nature of being a human being, you have inherent moral value, then any sort of theory which attempts to break you down by a particular ethnicity or race and say that you're bad, or you're inherently evil, or you're inherently worse, that's racism. That's racism. Right? But, but again, it's this whole idea of, okay, if, if you're, if you're going to say that you want to understand white rage, okay, 
fine, but I, I want to understand the implications associated with that. If you say, I want to understand white rage within white supremacist organizations, I get that. I completely get that. I want to know what it is exactly that they're, they're angry about, because I think white supremacy is both immoral, I think it's ignorant, and I think it's evil. I, th I believe that about all racism. Right, but you see kind of this subtle shift that's going on here, right? It's this idea that if you have a problem with a person showing up to West Point who describes the Republican platform as a, as a white supremacist document, teaching about whiteness and white rage, you, you could see where there'd be a potential problem with that, right? But if you're going to then associate it with, well, I want to understand that because I want to understand January 6th. Now it's this idea of what, we're, we're justifying something that's currently being done which, which, by the way, it was insinuated that, no, 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 that's not happening. Well, okay, no, it is happening. That This is being taught. You, you're either going to have to ask one of, one of two questions. One is, is, is this appropriate with respect to the, the venue that it's being done at? And if you think it is, the question is, is are you going to have other people come in and provide a counter perspective on that, that same talk, topic? And I don't know that they, ha they have. And, and I certainly hope that they would not have people coming into West Point suggesting that when violence takes place or when rooting, looting takes place or rioting takes place, that the primary cause is skin color unless you have evidence that skin color is the primary motivation. Like when we, we talk about the Tulsa massacre, the Tulsa race massacre, that is, yes, there was a great deal of racism involved in that. There was white supremacy associated with that. And we should study that in detail to understand what happened, why it happened, how to prevent it from ever happening again. And not only that, but, but with the mindset that anybody that attempts to hurt another person or, you know, kill another person or disgrace another person based off of race, that that is an evil act. We should, we should not be looking at that just from a, a morally neutral stance. We should look at that with absolute abhorrence and a focus on how do we actually change it. But the problem that I have with what he's saying right now is this, it's this shift. It's this idea that, no, no, it was perfectly fine for this person to do it because, hey, we just want to have a broader understanding. We want to be open-minded and well-read. Okay, if you want to be open-minded and well-read, who else are you going to invite? Who else are you going to invite over to, to counter that perspective? All right, let's move on. I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? Okay. <laughs> The answer to that question, nothing. Nothing is wrong with, with anything you just said until you add the context of what Congressman Waltz and Gates were talking about. Okay, so yeah, no, I, look, I've read the Communist Manifesto. I, I've read Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong wrote all kinds of, of work, not only on political revolution, but counterinsurgency. And I was a Green Beret. This general was a Green Beret. Counterinsurgency was one of the primary reasons why special forces exist in the first place. So having an open mind, reading it, understanding it, nothing is wrong with that. But again, it goes back to the question. You had someone come to West Point talking about whiteness and white rage, who believes that the Republican Party platform is, is essentially a white supremacist tract. And then now you're talking about 
yeah, all the people that, that make up the military coming from America. Absolutely. And guess what? Some of those people are Republicans. Would you have had a speaker? Would you have had a speaker that showed up to talk about whatever it was that, that also said that the, well, the, the Democratic Party platform is, you know, widely becoming a socialist track or the Democratic Party is becoming, you know, infiltrated more and more with people that are, are socialist or believe in Marxist ideology or that Black Lives Matter was started by uh, people, two of which, one of which I know, I believe it was two of which that essentially think Mao Zedong was a great guy, had a lot of wonderful ideas that they would like to implement here in the United States. You're going to have that seminar? Because if you are, then I'll start to take you a little bit more seriously on this idea that you want open-mindedness, you want to be well-read, you want people to understand multiple perspectives so they can use critical thinking in order to come to a conclusion. All right, let's keep watching. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories. Oh, give me a break, general. No, what, what I'm accusing you of is absolute intellectual dishonesty at this point. Gates, Waltz did not get up there and accuse every general officer and every non-commissioned officer of, of wokeness because they, they want to understand different theories and ideas. That's not what was going on here. That was not, no, I'm, I'm sorry. And by the way, if, if you don't want criticisms with respect to the military getting a little bit too woke, Okay, let me ask you this question, because last episode, we talked about an army commercial, and that army commercial was about half of, of a young woman joining the military and half political statements, right? She was, she was talking about marching in, in pride parades for equal rights, and, and she made the statement that, you know, I, I've been fighting for freedom at a young age. Okay, fine, fine. You want to put that out there? That's fine. I'm fine. Here's my question. You gonna have another army commercial about a young soldier that's talking about marching in pro-life marches, saying that they were fighting for equality and protection for the vulnerable ever since they were young. You, you're gonna feature you're gonna feature a commercial with a soldier talking about marching maybe in a Second Amendment rally or a Tea Party rally, saying that they've been fighting for freedom or fighting for our constitutional rights at a young age. You gonna feature that, General? No, my guess is you're not gonna do that. My guess is you are not going to do that. And so if, if this is, and, and that's the point where this stops being about open-minded and different perspectives and the varying viewpoints within the United States uh, population from which you are going to get your soldiers, airmen, marine, guardsmen, etc. It's no longer about that. It's about a particular political narrative that it is okay to interject into these courses, into these commercials, and another political objective or viewpoint or perspective that will at the very least be ignored, if not in some cases, demonized or ostracized. So stop this crap with I'm offended that you would accuse these general officers and these NCO. No, what this is is saying that there, there, tend, there appears to be a bias towards certain political perspectives in the military and in some of the training that is taking place, which advances a particular political theory that is commonly associated with wokeness. And there doesn't seem to be contrasting opinions or contrasting viewpoints highlighted to the same degree. 
Now, maybe I'm wrong. I would be more than happy for the general to be able to present examples of, of where the opposite took place of what Congressman Gates and Congressman Waltz are bringing up. But I don't see that. No, instead, what is it? It's, I'm offended. Well, the, the thing that you listed as the nature of your offense doesn't, is not associated with the, the, the notion or the, um, the central point of their questions. So this becomes another thing, and we've talked about this before. We've talked about it on the Y Minutes. We've talked about it on this podcast. It's the idea that I'm offended, so shut up. And in this case, it's I'm offended on behalf of all the, how dare you attack these service members? No, they're asking you questions about the policies and training that our service members are having to go under. And quite frankly, can, can Gates or Waltz turn right back around and look at the general and be like, well, general, I am offended on behalf of the service members and their families that have contacted our offices saying that this is a, this is a concern and you essentially insinuating that they just don't want to be open-minded and well-read. Should, should that shut down the debate on the other side? Or should we sit here like adults and discuss what the real problems are, what the different perspectives are? Because again, here I am, right? Elected Republican, former Green Beret. I am not telling you that you can't or shouldn't teach critical race theory as a course at a university. I'm not telling you that. The problem that we have is that in a lot of cases, it, it's not simply that it's a course being taught. It's that it's an ideology being pushed. And there's a difference. There's a difference between analyzing something and advocating for something. All right, let's keep watching. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African Americans that were three quarters of a human being when this country was formed. So, and this, this, is, this is great, right? So he said at the very beginning of his statement that he needs to be more well-read up on critical race theory. Now he's lecturing us on what critical race theory is really about, right? That's what this conversation is right now. And then we had a civil war and emancipation proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. And I respect your service. Okay, <clears throat> you do want to know. Okay, well, at the beginning of this, you said that you really need to be more well-read up on critical race theory, presumably to be able to talk about it. Now that you're, now you're suggesting this whole idea of critical race theory started off at Harvard, and it was just talking about different power structures. No, if that's what critical race theory was all about, was just discussing the, the concept of power structures throughout time and how they benefited or how they've oppressed certain people, nobody would have a problem with that conversation. That is not what critical race theory purports to do. But once again, that may be an aspect of critical race theory, but it certainly is not a, a comprehensive understanding of what the theory purports to do, nor is an understanding of what the proponents of critical race theory seek to do through teaching the theory from their perspective. But now what you've done, General, is you've taken one aspect of something that essentially nobody disagrees on, and you've made that the whole thing. You've made that all of critical race theory. And then you've looked back at us, pointing your finger, saying, why would you be against understanding that? Why would you be against wanting to know? I'm not against that. I'm against every other component of critical race theory, which, which again, is, is rooted out of the Frankfurt School within critical doctrine, Marxist doctrine. It's this idea that we're going to put people into categories from which it is nearly impossible, if not impossible, to escape. And then if you look at the objectives, a lot of the people of critical race theory components, general, 
It's not simply about achieving greater understanding so that we can affect positive change. It is about completely undoing and dismantling systems that are not inherently racist. There may have been people within those systems that applied it in a racist manner, but that doesn't mean the system itself is inherently racist. And if you look at what some of the largest proponents of critical race theory, what their end state is, what their objective is, the way they view the Constitution, the United States government, I got news for you, General. Everything that we swore an oath to defend, a lot of those things are under attack by the proponents of critical race theory. Not every proponent, but a lot of proponents. And I am sick and tired of this idea of taking a, a rather complex theory, boiling it down to a, just a couple aspects of that theory, and then using that as the talking points in order to bludgeon everyone else into suggesting that they just want to close their eyes to the past, or they don't want to understand, or they don't want to be well-read, or it's just their white fragility. The things that have been done in the name of critical race theory, the things that have been taught in the name of critical race theory, and, and maybe someone else will come on and say that was an inappropriate application. Great, I would love to see that. But you go look at some of the things that have been pushed through this, and you tell me that this is just about understanding complex power structures that at different points in period, uh, different points in time, have positively or adversely affected people based off of their race. That is intellectually, that, that either comes from ignorance about what critical race theory is, or it comes from a deliberate attempt to misrepresent it in order to score a good talking point. And you and I are both Green Berets, but I want to know, and it matters to our military and the discipline and cohesion of this military. And I thank you for the opportunity to make a comment on that. When we go back to this idea of why can't we just simply have an open and honest debate? Why can't we have a discussion? We hear this about race a lot, but we hear it about a lot of things. Intellectual dishonesty is a huge component of that. And let me be very, very upfront about this. Both sides, all sides, I, I've known people from a variety of different political views, have engaged in intellectual dishonesty when we have conversations. All, right, all sides have, have pandered to the camera in order to get talking points. Right? Our news cycle fuels that. But what is so disappointing about this is that I have respect for the Secretary of Defense. I have respect for the Chief of the Joint Chiefs. And what I saw here, especially in that final comment that is just being is spreading like wildfire in leftist circles because, ha, 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 we just had a former, you know, we just had a Green Beret and, the, and a general and a war hero essentially take down these Republicans on military wokeness. Uh, no, he didn't. If, if anything, he illustrated the point that so many of us are concerned about. And that's this idea that things, things are being advertised one way in the soundbite. They're being advertised one way in the mainstream media. They're being advertised one way to the people when we actually have a debate about this. And then you actually dig into what's actually taking place and you get a very, very different picture. So here's my argument. First of all, if you wanna study critical race theory in the university system, if it's a theory that you wanna understand better, you know what, I think that is a good thing. I study ideas and theories and philosophies and theologies all the time that I end up not agreeing with. I, I always try to approach it from an, an, as an objective standpoint as I possibly can, but all of us enter in with certain bias. Now, what you try to do when you look at a theory is you try to look at it 
from the perspective of what the person advocating the theory is attempting to get across. What are they attempting to accomplish? Right? You don't want to automatically assign negative motivations to someone. You don't want to create straw man arguments. You want to hear what they're saying. You want to get a comprehensive understanding of their perspective and what they're trying to teach you or what they're trying to project. Right? But then you want to look at it critically from the idea of, okay, what are the implications of this? So you want to apply the laws of logic. Where appropriate, you want to apply uh, scientific methodology. You want to apply all of those things whenever you are studying a viewpoint or a theory or a process. Then you come to conclusions about what you think the, the merits and the demerits are of that particular theory. Because most theories, even ones that you, you disagree with, most theories, not all, but most theories have some element of truth or they have some sort of idea or concept that they're trying to get across that may be good or may be positive or may be logically consistent. But what you do is when you look at the entire theory and you look at the implications and you look at what people that advocate the theory say about it and what they're attempting to do on its behalf, and then you come up with two categories. One category is, what does the theory actually say? What is a reasonable understanding of the theory? And then you look at what the advocates of the theory do. Now, I want to be very careful about this. Listen closely. You can have bad advocates for a good theory. You can have people that claim to do things in the name of a philosophy, of a theory, of a religion that are essentially heretical of the actual theory that they claim to support. And in that case, you shouldn't trash the theory. You should question the person that's advocating for it. However, when you have a theory that has fundamental flaws in it, and then you have the advocates pushing for things that are also fundamentally flawed, you don't get to go back and say, oh, well, you know, that, that advocate was just a bad advocate. Well, okay, well, maybe they were. The question is, is what they were advocating for, did that correspond with what the theory advocates, or did it contradict what the theory advocates? If it contradicts it, then you have a problem with the advocate. If it corresponds, then you have a problem with both the advocate and the theory. But this is what's dishonest. It's, it's wholly dishonest to just take one aspect of the theory that nobody really has any problems with and say that's the whole theory. And if you oppose it, therefore, you're a denier or you're a racist or it's just your fragility speaking or you're just trying to protect your power structures. Because now you haven't properly represented it. And that was the problem I had with what the general said with respect to critical race theory. Problem number two, this idea that I'm offended at this accusation among general officers or NCOs or, or, or soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, that, you know, this, that they're engaging in wokeness. Okay. First question. Did Congressman Gates or Congressman Waltz suggest that everybody in the military, everybody wearing a uniform, was to blame for this or was associated with this? No, they did not. In fact, they specifically stated that it was service members, in many cases, that had come to them with concerns. So now you're trying to lump everybody into a larger group. This is a tactic, right? This is a tactic to avoid debate. What you're essentially saying is that if I attack what one person is doing within the organization, or even what several people are doing within the organization, then I am automatically attacking everybody in the organization. That is a logical fallacy. That is not what was going on here. And the general should know that because the general is well-read. 
but that is a very clever tactic to make it look like the person that is, is asking a question, and in this case, questions that have come from other service members, members of the group, and for you to come back and say, well, then now, now you're just attacking everybody. That's disingenuous. That's intellectually dishonest. It is perfectly reasonable to look at many of the things that the United States military has done and wonder why they're doing it. Now, in some cases, there might be a good explanation. I would be thrilled to hear what the good explanation was for having someone come to West Point that has described the Republican Party platform as white supremacist to come and talk about whiteness and white rage. Now, it might be, it might be that the explanation was, well, we had her come to give her perspective, and now we're going to have someone else come to give a different perspective. Did that happen? I honestly don't know. I don't think it did. It would be interesting to say, yes, we did one commercial where someone was talking, where, where a, a soldier was talking about her experience being young with her two moms and marching in parades for equality, right, for, for gay marriage, and using that as, as the equivalent of she's always been fighting for freedom. Okay, great, that's her perspective. I don't, that's fine. Do you have another Army commercial where someone's talking about marching for pro-life or marching for Second Amendment rights, and then highlighting that? as a comparison to now serving in the military to defend freedom or defend rights. Do you have that? Are you going to do that? And I think most of us will come to the conclusion that no, you're probably not. So if, if your version of being open-minded and well-read is, is you're going to give special privilege to a, what in some cases are controversial topics, you're going to give special privilege to them, and then you're not going to allow, or you're at least not going to invite, or actually ask for a counter perspective, then you're not talking about open-minded. You're not talking about well-read. Now, I don't expect you to do this for everything. I don't expect you, again, there are certain moral premises which I think are absolute that we generally all agree on as a population. All of us agree that slavery is horrendous, that um, you know, racism is bad, that sexism is bad. I don't expect you to have speakers to come on and be like, oh, well, no, actually, maybe they got a point. I don't expect you to do that. But when you are tackling other issues for which there is a great deal of controversy within the American population, then it makes sense to actually have differing perspectives on those topics. Instead of engaging in the sort of behavior that you did here, which guess what? CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, they're all going to love you for this, General. They're all going to love you for this. They're all going to talk about what a great job you did shutting up Waltz and Gates, okay, but not me. As a, as a former service member, as a veteran, as a combat veteran, as a sitting member of the Virginia House of Delegates, I don't appreciate a man that I otherwise respect engaging in this sort of sophistry and logical fallacies in order to make it look like what Gates and Waltz were asking are not legitimate questions or concerns. So we need to all do better. But that was, that was certainly not a good moment. That was certainly not a good moment. All right, so in conclusion, let's just do a quick sum up. When we talk about the problems with, with respect to any theory, what we should do is we should respect the fact that people should be allowed to be able to advocate for a theory. People should be able to study a theory, a philosophy, an ideology, an idea, a religion, whatever it is. 
We, we want that sort of, we want the freedom to be able to discuss those things, to understand those things, to study those things. But when institutions, especially on, on again, I'm not talking about those issues that, that for the most part are settled within society, issues like racism, sexism, and slavery. And I'm not saying that there aren't racist people, sexist people. I'm saying that overall, as a society, it has been enshrined in our laws. It has been enshrined in our political and public discourse that those things are morally abhorrent, right? You're, you're just not going to find any widespread support for racism, sexism, or other such morally reprehensible concepts. You, you can always find one-offs. You can always find, you know, idiots and radicals and whatnot. And it's fine to study those radicals and, and what makes them tick. But when, when you're picking up certain issues, which, which are controversial, and you're only allowing one side to talk. And then when anybody comes in and says, well, wait a second, I have a problem with that. And then instead of addressing that problem or instead of adding more voices, what you proceed to do is misrepresent their argument. What you're doing is you're knocking down a straw man. That is a straw man fallacy. You're not actually addressing the questions that they brought up. You're reinventing their questions to make it easier for you to destroy. And that's intellectually dishonest. And it's disingenuous. Because we all know critical race theory is not just about understanding or explaining particular power structures. And we all know that the military over the last several years has engaged in certain activity that, yeah, it would be associated with wokeness. It doesn't mean everybody in the military. It doesn't mean every commanding officer. It doesn't mean every NCO. But some of the literature that has been put out, some of the classes that soldiers have been required to go to, seem to be pushing a political, not exposing people to a different idea, pushing a particular narrative. And that's what we have the problem with. So either demonstrate that that's not what you're doing or change what you're doing to be more open and well-read, but stop engaging in the straw man arguments. Thank you very much for joining us. I really encourage you to look, look at, if you want to know what I'm talking about with this whole commercial that the Army put out, CIA put out a, a commercial too that had kind of similar issues. Good buddy of mine, um, Dwayne White, former Army veteran, Purple Heart uh, recipient, and now stand-up comedian. We actually go through and we do react videos to the various commercials. We talk about the Army commercial, the CIA commercial, and then we compare it with the Chinese military's commercials, the Russian military's commercials. Uh, we talk about a lot of interesting things on there. John Stossel, or excuse me, uh, John Stewart was on the Stephen Colbert show and had some really interesting, really funny things to say about Wuhan virus. So go ahead and check out that episode as well. Once again, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next episode. Once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, again, one of the best ways you can do it is by heading over to GoodRanchers.com with promo code Nick. You're going to get $15 off. You sign up for one of those subscriptions, and you're going to get up to $480 of free meat with that subscription. You get to pick top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, bacon. It is all up to you. Plus, if you're looking for gifts to get for the people that are impossible to shop for, GoodRanchers.com also has gift boxes. You need to act quick. This is part of their overall Black Friday special. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com, use promo code Nick, and once again, thank you for listening.